All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in Daily Faceoff Live. It is deadline week, or as Frank Saravalli coined it today on the DFO Rundown, it's wild card week around the NHL. Anything can happen. Welcome in to the first of five live shows we'll be doing here on the Daily Faceoff YouTube this week. Frank, as far as today's show goes, nothing really happened over the weekend. I don't know how we're going to fill the next 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I saw someone uh, just, I was catching up with a friend this morning on text. He goes, did you have a relaxing weekend? I'm like, relax. what weekend? What? Just another day that ends in Y in trade season. It is. It was a just banana Sunday in the NHL when you consider the size of a couple of deals that went down. So let's not waste any time. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And as soon as I got the alert and your tweet, Frank, that Timo Meyer was going to the New Jersey Devils, the first person I thought of was Cornhole55 in our YouTube chat, who every day for the last two weeks has commented about 30 times a show trying to will Timo Meyer to the Devils into existence. Well, Tom Fitzgerald and Cornhole55, they got their guy. Timo Meyer is going to New Jersey. A very complicated deal. 13 pieces in total involved in this thing when you consider all of the draft picks that could potentially go as well. But it basically breaks down to this. Timo Meyer at 50% retained and Scott Harrington going to Jersey and going to San Jose. It's a handful of picks in this thing. Also prospect Shakir Mukamadulin, Fabian Zetterlund, Andres Janssen to make the money work. This is a major piece being added to the Devils lineup, Frank. So I'll start with their side of this deal. Your thoughts? 
Absolutely love this for the New Jersey Devils. They add a true bona fide difference maker, a guy who likely is going to score 50 goals this season, and he gives the Devils a different look. He's not only a pure shooter, but a volume shooter, someone that adds some heft, some weight to the wing for an already really skilled and talented Devils team. So a team that you know might be a little bit uh, on the slight side when you look at guys like Jack Hughes and Jesper Brad and some others. Timo Meyer adds some real heft to the New Jersey Devils, and I cannot wait because it seems like this is one of those situations that's brewing the Hudson River rivalry, the New York Rangers gearing up with what we believe is Patrick Kane, also Vladimir Tarasenko already. Take that first-round matchup if it's coming and hook that right into my veins. It would be unbelievable. Uh, let's flip this deal now and look at what the Sharks got. I, not to make a direct comparison here, but I look back at some other blockbusters we've seen in NHL history. You know, you think about the Sagan deal, and I just look back at that and go, boy, did the Bruins maybe value quantity over quality in that instance. When you look at this deal, a couple of first-round picks, uh, you know, a high-end prospect in Shakir Mukmadulin. And yes, I'm bragging that I think I'm saying that name cleanly, so I'm going to keep mixing it in. But do you think this is an example where Greer may be valued quantity over quality, or do you think the Sharks' rookie GM did well? Yeah, I think that's one of the real concerns for me for the Sharks in this transaction is that perhaps it looks like they did value quantity over quality. And when you look at Shakir Mukamadul, and that's the guy that this deal is going to hinge on, depends on who you talk to around scouting circles as to what they believe he might ultimately be as a half point per game guy already in the KHL. Those seem to be some pretty gaudy numbers. But at the same time, I look at this from a New Jersey Devils perspective, and that's what really stands out to me. Yes, you added a difference maker in Timo Meyer, but you didn't have to give up any of your top prospects, whether it's Luke Hughes or Alexander Holtz or Simon Nemich, you know, whether you include Seamus Casey in that category as well. Those are four really quality pieces. We heard all this talk leading up to the deadline about the Devils is that the Sharks are going to want, you know, whether it's Dawson Mercer or Alexander Holtz, they, they kept all of those pieces. And so when you have you know, assembled and have been conservative with your picks and prospects, you can afford to take a guy like Shakir and off of your prospect list and send him to San Jose. And you can send a late first round pick and a conditional second that could become a first. So, you know, when you take a look at all those things and add them up, that is what I think the real win for the Devils is that they didn't have to pluck or pry one of those pieces off of yeah. their roster. And I think when you look at it from a Sharks perspective, only time will tell as to whether or not this was a better offer than what a team like the Carolina Hurricanes put on the table or the Vegas Golden Knights put on the table. As we wrap it up, for those curious, that conditional 2024 second round pick, that can become a first rounder in this via cap friendly if the Devils make the Eastern Conference final this year and Meyer plays in 50% of the games or if they make the Eastern Conference final next year. So a couple of chances for that pick to turn into a first rounder for the Sharks as well. Let's shift gears to the other big deal we got yesterday. Tampa Bay giving up six assets in a deal for Tanner Janot, who scored 24 goals last year but only has five so far this season. Frank, I want to talk about the price here. It really does, though, feel like a very Tampa Bay lightning move, like just getting a middle six kind of guy who's young, who's cheap, who has some upside still, and committing to 
getting that guy as well. When you look at what they gave up, I'm an outsider. And when I heard that Jano was potentially going to get moved, I was sitting there, Frank, going, ah, I wonder if the Predators are going to be able to get a first-round pick for this guy. Well, David Boyle got a lot more than just a first-round pick. Your thoughts on the return? Yeah, they were actually asking for two first-round picks, which helps wow. explain the return that ultimately ends up going to Nashville, including Cal Foote, who was also a first-round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had requested a trade and had been on our trade targets board for the last couple of weeks. And when you look at this transaction, everyone's jaw has been on the floor from NHL general managers to agents to everyone that you speak to in and around the game. And a lot of people have been reacting on social media. What an insane overpay this is for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And look, I'm just not ready to question Julian Breezeball with the track record that he's put together finding bottom of the lineup pieces for this team that have been incredible fits, whether it's more recently Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul at last year's deadline, or if you want to go back a couple years to Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, the only real stain on his record at the trade deadline is David Savard. And guess what? The Tampa Bay Lightning still won a Stanley Cup that year anyway. They've been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals, and they are squarely in their window to win, Tyler. And what that means moving forward is when you've got guys like Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman, whose contracts will be up in three years, this is your chance to win. And so this is a curated selection in Tanner Janot, a guy that had 24 goals last year. As we all know, he struggled this year. I saw the chirps coming on social media. Tanner Janot has seven fewer points than Luke Shen does this year on the Vancouver Canucks blue line. Well, guess what? His shooting percentage is way down. Last year it was way up, but this guy is a four-checker, a quintessential lineup piece for the Tampa Bay Lightning moving forward to plug right in on that third line that's been so successful and one of the dominant forces and reasons why, with their stars, they were able to get to the Stanley Cup final these last three years. Is it an expensive price? Yes. Will a long-term extension be coming? Most likely. I tweeted out some details this morning as to what to look for in terms of what that extension might look like. They were talking somewhere in the neighborhood of six years times $2 million in Nashville before he ended up uh, going on the move to Tampa. And you know, from a Nashville perspective, you can certainly understand it. it makes a ton of sense for you. But for Tampa, I would argue that maybe the play here is Nashville is the cautionary tale. You don't want to be spending the last six years after your Stanley Cup final appearance in 2017 to then be languishing in this slow death, a slow bleed out. My guess is Tampa, when this is all said and done three years from now and Victor Hedman's contract is expired in Stamkos, that they're going to take all these pieces that they've assembled, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Point, go down the list and unload all of them for picks and get everything back that they have now traded away and then bottom out as quickly as possible. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to trade every superstar you have for high draft picks. It's a tale as old as time, I suppose. Uh, let's stick with the Nashville Predators and roll into our next topic here. Um, another significant piece of news yesterday. After a 26-year run, the only general manager that the Nashville Predators know in David Poyle is stepping away. This is going to be his final year at the helm, taking over for him another familiar face, the first head coach that the franchise ever knew. And he held that position for 15 seasons as well. Barry Trotz is going to take over this summer as the team's new general manager. But first off, Frank, stick taps to David Poyle. That is an unbelievable, almost unprecedented run as the general manager of an NHL team. 
39 consecutive years in the NHL's general manager wow. chair, which is bananas to think about. The only NHL GM with more than 3,000 games at the helm. And I can't tell you how big of a development this is because, like you said, the Predators have been in the league since 1998, and they've never had anyone else that's in that chair. So it's going to be a significant change. David Poyle saying in the team's release that he felt like it was time for a new voice for the Preds. And I think if we're being candid, a lot of executives and people in hockey circles and in the hockey world expected something like this to come down. You have a significant change for the Nashville Predators coming off the ice this summer. Their new majority owner takes over, Mr. Haslam, the former governor. Um, they were changes were afoot. And so for David Poyle, he's able to uh, bow out gracefully after 39 years at the helm and some incredible successes putting Nashville on the hockey map. And he also gets to help put in place someone in Barry Trotz that he knows and trusts. And if you go back and think back to the first, you know, building of the Preds franchise, Barry Trotz was right there, um, you know, in the mix, helping build out the arena from a construction standpoint, scout players for the expansion draft. And then, of course, be the head coach of that team for the first 15 years of their existence. So you take a really stable franchise and then you add in a very familiar face to help continue with that stability for the next time coming. There was always that talk, Tyler, out there about, hey, would Barry Trotz jump behind an NHL bench again? I think one of the big reasons why you didn't see him do that is because the idea of him becoming a general manager, let alone doing it in Nashville, where he's so familiar and already has a home, that this just made so much sense. Yeah, it really did. Like when you when I first saw the tweets kind of popping up in the release, at first I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then I went, ah, oh, no, it does make a lot of sense in this instance. So we'll see what Nashville and David Poyle get up to between now and the end of the deadline. But you take a look at David Poyle's career here, just an unbelievable run, starting as an assistant GM back in the 70s and rolling that into the cap era all the way to 2023 with the Predators. Uh, let's stick and or get back to the trade talk, I should say. Another move we saw over the weekend, a guy who was pretty high on your trade targets board, Frank, and that is Ivan Barbashev. The sell-off continues in St. Louis. Barbashev is going to the Vegas Golden Knights as a Western Conference team finally decided to get in on the fun. Prospect Zach Dean is going back the other way. What do you like about this deal for the Vegas Golden Knights? What are they getting in Ivan Barbashev? Well, I like this deal from both sides because yeah. in Vegas, you you boost a team that I think needs one. Um, first off, they really miss Mark Stone, and there's no question about that. And I, I'd expect them to continue to be active moving forward. And I really like this from a St. Louis perspective because what they do in, in taking a um, you know a player that was a pending unrestricted free agent in Barbashev, a player that. Um, you know, had been expecting a trade for a while now to send him to a playoff team where he competes and was a big part of their Stanley Cup run back in, in 2019 and has that pedigree. And instead of getting, you know, just a second round pick, I think the, the Blues were really hoping to see if they could squeeze out a late first. And when that didn't materialize, to then take get a player in Zach Dean that's a way more known commodity. You've had a chance to have eyes on this player. I think Drafting in the NHL is such a crapshoot at age 18 that if you can get a player even just a year older or two years from that, 
Well, you put yourself in a spot where you can make a more informed and evaluated decision. And so um, that is a huge part of it and has a little bit of that pedigree being a former first round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights that you got a chance to see him at World Junior. He's a ferocious four checker, really, you know, in some ways uh, different, but has some intangibles and skill sets that are similar to what Barbashev provided. And if you could have him turn into any bit of what Barbashev was, well, then you're in a great spot winning moving forward because you've gotten a player that's seven, eight years younger and you can put right into the mix with your organization. So uh, like it from both sides, but I think the real question is, Tyler, moving forward, what does Vegas, what else do they have up their sleeves? Yeah, I mean, with Mark Stone on LTIR, if he's going to miss the rest of the regular season, they have the space to do something. And I'm interested in a bunch of Western Conference teams that right now are just standing pat, and the Golden Knights are certainly one of them, Frank. And when you look at Kane going somewhere else, Meyer going somewhere else, just quickly, is there someone out there that you look at and go, they, they seem like a good fit for Vegas? Well, I'm really curious what they do on the goalie front. Like, what's going on with Logan Thompson? Um, you know, how? what's your confidence level if you're Vegas for his game that had begun to slide off the last few months, even before the injury? Their one team, I think, is squarely in the goaltending mix, and that's one part of it. Maybe one way to spend some of that stone money is to – to bring in a goalie that you think you can trust when it comes to playoff time. They were clearly way deep in on Timo Meyer. I think the runner up um, we'll see, you know, I, there aren't that many big rental fish remaining available on the, the forward front mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe you go after someone like a James Van Riemsdyk on the wing and you have the ability with the cap space to, to probably take on his, his whole salary or close to it. That reduces the acquisition cost from that perspective, but um, they're just not a team that can really afford to take on a ton of term. Man, it was a busy weekend, and it's only going to get more hectic around the NHL, so we are going to keep the trade talk rolling. It's a new edition of Icebreakers and a brand new trade targets board. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Our deadline countdown series, Frank will continue to have a new deadline-themed article every day leading up to the trade deadline, and today he's updated the trade targets board. And Frank, when I took a look at what you've put together, the first thing that caught my eye was right up in the top five. It's Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers. This guy has a ton of term left on his deal. He was nowhere even close to being on my radar as a name that I thought could potentially be moved. What's happened in the last 24 to 48 hours here that's led to Hayes jumping up into the top five? Well, I think part of it is just the sheer magnitude of the names that have gone off the board. When you see someone like Timo Meyer, and I'm also taking Patrick Kane off the board because we all expect a trade to materialize with the New York Rangers this week once uh, the Rangers have the requisite cap space. And Bo Horvat and some of these other guys that were the big name rentals well, now it's time to get creative. And so I'm told that the Flyers are also willing to get creative, that they are willing to retain some salary on a Kevin Hayes transaction. He has three more years at $7.14 million. So it's an expensive ticket. There's no doubt about that. But this is an all-star center with size who plays a diligent 200-foot game and is responsible, had a much better playoff showing for himself back in 2020 in the bubble with the Flyers, 13 points in 16 games and the real cash is lower than the cumulative uh, hit on his contract, which is, was front loaded. So that's also a significant part of it as well. Which teams could be in the mix for Kevin Hayes? I'm told that among the teams that have contacted the Flyers in recent days, the Carolina Hurricanes after being out on Timo Meyer, I think they circled back over the weekend the defending champion Colorado Avalanche. We've talked about their need to properly replace Nazem Kadri down the middle. Kevin Hayes would fit that bill. And what about the Minnesota Wild? They are another team, one that has been looking for a center for a long time. And I think the big question mark for the Wild and these other teams is, how much money are the Flyers willing to eat in order to make this happen? The Flyers could get a pretty juicy return if they're willing to go down that track and retain you know, three million bucks or two and a half million bucks somewhere in that neighborhood that would make Kevin Hayes a very attractive player to these teams with three years remaining on his deal. Just two players on the Philadelphia Flyers carry a cap hit north of $7 million. Both Van Riemsdyk and Hayes are on Frank Saravalli's trade targets board. Let's shift back to the Nashville Predators. Been talking about them a lot today and what they did over the weekend. But I want to ask you about what they could do in the next five days here, Frank. Now that Niederreiter and Janot are gone, what's next in Nashville? Well, I'm going to give you three names to keep an eye on. One that has rocketed to the top of the list. And I first reported on his availability back in January, well before the Nashville Predators decided to officially sell. And that's Matthias Ekholm, who you see check in at number five on the board here. I'm told that the Edmonton Oilers are one of just uh, a few teams that have checked in with Nashville in recent days, particularly once the selling has begun. And that's the big question mark with... Um, with Eckholm moving forward is what does that return look like? You see the season that he's had, he's in the first year of a four year deal that pays him six and a quarter million dollars. So three more years at six and change, that's pretty expensive for a guy that's already 32, is bigger, has played a rough style game for a long time. Now there's, you know, a lot of miles on that body. What does that return look like given the contract that you know exists after the fact? I still think they're in the first round pick plus territory, 
But I think the return compared to some of the other guys on the market, like a Jacob Chickren, who's number one on the board, but the ask has remained sky high, that teams look at Ekholm and say, this is a nice check down option fit for our team as we are trying to really improve for the playoffs. And so someone that I think is battle tested and playoff ready, Eckholm is one to watch. Mikhail Granlin is also in our top 10. Uh, he has a couple more seasons remaining at $5 million. He's on pace for 52 points this year. He's someone that has played uh, so many different elements in his game that he brings penalty kill, power play. He can do just about everything. And with that contract is also pretty reasonable for the Preds. And the other guy is Dante Fabro, who's much further down our board in the 30s. Potentially three more names could be out the door this week in Nashville. You have referred to it, Frank, as wild card week here in the NHL. Five more days until the NHL trade deadline. Uh, who are some other names that you're looking at on your trade targets board thinking these guys could be wild cards? Yeah, I think one that stands out to me is Nick Schmaltz uh, from the Arizona Coyotes. We've had um, Lawson Krause on our board for a while from Arizona. They're considering a whole bunch of different things uh, as teams continue to make offers. Schmaltz has been darn near a point-per-game guy over these last couple seasons. Uh, really a talented player who predated this current core, uh, excuse me, predated this current management re regime in Arizona. Um, you know, you look at his stats this year, 39 points in 43 games. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's something like 92 in his last 96. He's been pretty good. And at $5.85 million for three years remaining after this one, I call it wild card week because guys like Hayes and Schmaltz and Kraus, you're going to hear other names that pop up through this week Players that have term with the rental guys being off the board where teams say, you know what, we'd rather just make a hockey trade here. We don't need a, a rental acquisition to add to our group. Not everyone can be in the game with term, but I think teams have been circling around someone like Schmaltz and Kraus and Hayes uh, that really put the wild card stamp on this week. And just quickly before we wrap up this segment, Patrick Kane, everyone's expecting it to the Rangers. Do you have anything new there? Well, I, you know, I, I think we all just continue to sit and wait. I think the mm -hmm. belief is from uh, talking to teams around the league that Kane, um, the Rangers and Blackhawks have worked something out or, or multiple frameworks of a deal out that would seen, send Kane to the Rangers at some point this week once they have the requisite cap space. Um, mm -hmm. Not done until it's done, but there's a reason why Patrick Kane is off of our trade targets board. We believe he's off the market. Interesting stuff, as always. Just taking a peek over to the DFO YouTube where there are north of 200 people in there right now. Do us a solid. Hit the subscribe button because you won't want to miss everything we have coming up this week on this channel, including our four-hour live stream on Friday, noon Eastern until 4 Eastern. Frank Cervalli is going to be up in a little box in the corner. It's the, the insider cam. cam. You'll watch him work his phone live on deadline day. Myself, Mike McKenna. Jay Rosehill, Pete Blackburn, Nick Alberga, and Matt Larkin all going to be around, not geo-blocked, no commercial breaks, four hours of straight deadline talk coming your way on Friday, March the 3rd. You won't want to miss it. More great insight like you got today in another edition of Icebreakers. Let's move along now to our inbox question.
more than just trade news making waves online in the NHL. Frank, we had an incident involving Rangers D-man Keandre Miller and Drew Doughty of the LA Kings. You'll get a look at it here on your screen as Keandre Miller, well, he spits. And Drew Doughty kind of moves into frame. The spit hits Doughty. He's given a match penalty. Um, how many games for Keandre Miller? Yeah, I would say this is trending towards three games. That's the recent history that we have. Garnet Hathaway was the last guy suspended for spitting. That was also three games a number of years ago. I think that was 2019. And I would call this unnecessary. Um, mm. I don't know if it was intentional, but when you look at Drew Doughty and players skating by, if you want to spit, you could wait 15 seconds until after this scrum has dispersed. Um, again, not pointing fingers, stuff happens. I think we've all been in a spot where, you know, you get the drive by and, and you spit and someone happens to walk into it. Unfortunate, but in this case, I don't know what to make of it. And just in such close proximity to others, you've got to be more careful. Yeah, I compared it earlier this morning on the DFO rundown to, you know, high sticking, right? Like if you high stick someone accidentally, doesn't matter if it was an accident or not. You did the act. You need to pay the price for it. Serve the punishment. So three games seems fair here. There was a report that Keandre Miller reached out to Drew Doughty, apologized, told him it wasn't intentional, and that conversation apparently went well. But something to keep an eye on because it does have some salary cap implications for the New York Rangers as well. Quick piece of news, Vancouver Canucks officially announcing from their Twitter uh, that JT Miller is out week to week with a lower body injury. So he's out of the lineup, but it is not for trade-related reasons. Frank, yes? Yeah, I was just going to say, JT Miller, a lot of people have had their eyes on him. He's on our trade targets board as someone mm -hmm. to keep an eye on, but out week to week with an injury, I think, would probably quash anything that was already probably pretty unlikely this year uh, that may linger on into the summer with that no-trade clause kicking in on July 1. All right, let's move along to our points bet daily bets for today. I got a couple of plays lined up for this evening, starting with that matchup between the Ducks and Blackhawks. It's the Bedard Bowl between Chicago and Anaheim. And, you know, even though a couple of general managers might be sitting there going, hey, ah, maybe we don't score that many goals tonight. Maybe we don't want the two points. I like the over in this hockey game set at an even six. Both these teams have crushed it in four of their last five, paying minus 121. I'm all over it. I also have a shot prop parlay for this evening, starting with Tim Stutzla in Ottawa. Hit it in four of his last five, but coming off a miss. I love that bounce back spot for him. Jake DeBrusque, same spot since returning to the lineup. He's hit it in three of four but he's coming off a miss. Jake DeBrusque also in his hometown Edmonton tonight as the Bruins take on the Oilers. So I think he'll be a little motivated to shoot some pucks. Both of these guys, minus 150, minus 160, play them together for a plus 170 parlay. Stutzla and DeBrusque shot prop parlay. Ducks, Hawks, we're rolling with the over six goals. To wrap up our show today, Frank, a little garbage time. What caught your eye this weekend around the NHL? Well, it's kind of amazing all that happened and all that went on from the trade front and the news front with the spitting incident and all these other things. The Winnipeg Jets taking a dive uh, in the standings that we kind of didn't really spend a lot of time talking about. Linus Olmark, the Vezina and Triple Crown uh, chase guy in Boston with the season that he's been having scored a goal against the Vancouver Canucks and Saturday night, it was beautiful. And if you have the sound up, you can practically hear uh, the Boston Bruins and their announcer denting his desk 
uh, as uh, they just had some significant excitement with this goalie goal. I'm always in for a goalie goal. Jack Edwards, the ultimate Bruins fan, he was clearly hyped up for Linus Olmark. So quite a call, uh, quite a moment for Linus Olmark. The distance and, more importantly, the height required to get it over some of these guys was uh, pretty, pretty impressive. And so Olmark, having just one of those seasons that, you know, I, I don't know that we'll see again for a while, like 938 save percentage, 186 goals against average. He's got 30 wins in 36 starts and now a right. goal to go along with it. Yeah, it was awesome. There is nothing like the one thing that will always consistently make me smile is watching the goalie do the flyby. I just think it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, anyways, we went very late today on our show, but there was so much to get to. How could we not? And tomorrow's show is probably going to be just as loaded. We'll be right back here at noon Eastern on Tuesday throughout the week and then a big four-hour show on Friday. In the meantime, dailyfaceoff.com, that new trade targets board is dropping later today so you can check out all 50 names that Frank has listed. Until then, enjoy your Monday, hockey fans. We'll chat tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.